Hello, everyone. It's Tim. Before we get to our conversation with Christopher Olson, a few things we'd like to mention. Chris Flannery has their campaign launch event this Sunday, January 14th. So if you're not snowed in, I encourage you to attend. Steph Routh's campaign launch is January 26th. Chris and Steph are both extraordinary people and great candidates, and we highly recommend you attend. You can find links to the details and more in the events section at progressportland.org. We also encourage you to donate what you can, if you can, to your candidate picks this month so that they can qualify for matching donations. Tamar Ender, a really strong candidate in District 1, is still a few donations shy of meeting his goals. You can donate at his website, enderforeastportland.com. Our interview with Tamar will be live in a couple of weeks. We have other amazing conversations for you in the near future, so please subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts, and please follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We need to get the word out about the importance of this year's city council election and the great people we can vote in, so please tell all of your friends about us. Okay, that's all for now. On to our conversation with Christopher. Thanks for listening. Welcome to the Progress Portland podcast. I'm Tim Halber. I'm Kip Silverman. And we are here with District 2 candidate Christopher Olson. Uh, thank you for coming. Yeah. We're happy wow. to have you. Uh, you're our second District 2 candidate. We've had uh, David Burnell in for an interview. Great guy. And yes. um, I wanted to start actually by talking about uh, your sweatshirt, which I had seen in practice <laughs> in social media. Yes. And uh, it struck me. His sweatshirt says, practice radical empathy. Mm-hmm. And as I thought about that and yeah. seeing you wear it, I thought, to me, that's kind of key to what we're talking about here in terms of mm-hmm. a perspective shift in government. Like people yeah. can talk a lot about uh, what their positions are and what kind of change they want to see. But as an approach... Uh, radical empathy seems like the way to go. So um, tell me about, you know, why why you wear the sweatshirt. Uh, yeah, so I wear my sweatshirt basically just for what, what you just did is just to have people think about it and think about how they are approaching uh, their relationships and the, 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 their approach to the world in general. Um, I just, uh, for me, I, I agree that I think part of my campaign, what I want to do is bring a new attitude to how we think about government. Like, I think it starts there. It starts with, like, who we are and who, who are the people you're electing. Um, ideas are great, but ideas don't always pan out. Um, you know, like, and I wouldn't say, like, oh, yes, definitely come with good, ra- you know, practical ideas that could make a real difference. Please do. And I want to hopefully offer some of those. But it just depends on, like, who you are as a person, too. That really matters. And so I want to make sure that we're electing people uh, in government, whether it's myself or somebody else, that's really can truly can connect with uh, all kinds of people, the everyday Portlanders, the disenfranchised in our community, the vulnerable, and be able to lift up their voices and really have a real connection to um, city government for the first time, which, which we don't have right now. For the last couple of years, with our old form, you know, a couple of years, 100 years with, with this last old form of government, you know. It's been uh, the kind of like the five kings of the of the city that have been in charge. Mm-hmm. I even found out the other day that they built a bomb shelter uh, for the city uh, back in the 60s, 50s or 60s, that like city council could like go yep. hide in, you know. <laughs> only city council, like there's uh, only like room for big, five. Big no, city employees uh, too, but still. like Quite, yeah. quite literally, um, and I'm probably violating some sacred trust, okay. but the short time I worked in City Hall, uh, for a commissioner, I was asked to distribute the run for the shelter badges to the key personnel 
me not being one of them. <laughs> I was like, I was like, really, guys, really, you're gonna ask me to hand it to him, yeah. but but I don't get one. They're like, <laughs> sorry, and I, I'm I'm doing a shrug for yeah. our audience at home. Anyway, yes, yeah. So it's, it's just kind of like we're the five kings of of the city, the royalty, yeah. the royalty of, of, our, of our city, and and so I say for this form of government that's representative. That we can spend our time communicating and interacting with the people. And so, yeah, that's that's why I wear the shirt. Yeah. yeah. I, I, you bring up something that I don't think is talked about a lot in campaigns. The folks that we bring onto this podcast are because we look at their platforms, we look what they have to say on their social media, and they align mostly, if not entirely, with our platform mm-hmm. of justice, equity, empathy. People have very definitive ideas on what should happen. There's not a lot of discussion about how, how, how do you work through things when they don't go the way you want them to? And how do you adjust in a mindful way when they don't? And you seem to have already been thinking about this. I'd love if you keep expanding on that. Sure. Uh, yeah, I, it is just something that I've, I've thought about for a long time. I've uh, mostly worked in the nonprofit sector because I do care about people and I want to see the the best for people's lives. But yeah, you always run into problems. And if everybody's working in a nonprofit, it never goes exactly <laughs> as planned <laughs> right. because because uh, life is hard and has its challenges, and you have to uh, work together to uh you know find a solution and uh always try to keep the people that you're trying to take care of first and that's that's a huge challenge like it can become about so many things uh, so many other things very quickly it can become about the money it could come about the attention you're getting it can become about this empire or this you know what organization you've built and how much you don't want that to collapse even if it might not be the best thing for the people you're trying to serve or something like that so i've seen that all happen in organizations i've been a part of and and government's definitely part of that too you know um i i want to do things that will work for everybody and make this a city that works for everyone um so that might require some things stop stopping stop happening and that people are not going to like that and might require creating some new things um and see how that goes but i do see myself as one of the reasons i want to run as as i think i'm probably one of the most objective candidates that that we have because you know as we haven't gone into this yet or my history it's just i've only been here about three years um so i don't have any skin in the game in big business or in our in the local nonprofit sector or in in our government i'm like i'm here to just find solutions to make things happen and work with everybody to make sure everybody's voice is heard that's interesting as a perspective because i think you know i think people when they're they're looking at an election they're like what experience does this person have you know have they been here a long time you know did they know the history um but i and i can i can certainly see your argument that that having an outside perspective uh, brings a fresh eye. And, mm-hmm. and it does feel like Portland kind of needs some fresh eyes, given the malaise and the infighting that's been going on over the last few years, at least. Yeah. I Well, and, and I, I'm going to throw some kudos to, to my partner, Tim, here, that um, uh, that's why I appreciate you doing this with us, because coming from L.A. and your experiences there, you get to have a fresh perspective. Mm-hmm would love to understand more about where you came from before Portland. And yeah. Uh, so uh, I grew up uh, in Florida outside of Tampa, was there for about 20 years. And then, so I was about 20 years old when I moved to California, 
lived there for about a year and a half with some family. And then I ended up living in Chicago uh, for about four and a half years, started my journey in nonprofit work there. Um, lived in one of the most diverse neighborhoods in Chicago called Rogers Park, working in the inner city with some nonprofit organizations. Um, so that was a great experience. Uh, just uh, taking like, you know, just a white boy from the suburbs, throwing him into, you know, <laughs> life in, in inner city Chicago and uh, just learned a lot of stuff that I just hadn't experienced before. So that's really uh, was an experience that really just shaped my life and my view of the world. At the core um, started, I grew up in a very conservative home and that really started my journey becoming more progressive was that experience and then yeah <laughs> went from there it's amazing what happens when you see things from other people's perspectives and feel their experience that suddenly you you know suddenly you change about <laughs> your view of the world and how yep. you engage so um, so I did that and then uh, ended up going back to Florida for two years working with another group out there and then ended up finding myself here have have family that I live up in Washington and then found myself out here and found a job in, in the Portland area, uh, November of 2020. So I've uh, been doing that. And currently right now I'm working for a uh, healthcare nonprofit that we serve all OHP patients throughout Clackamas and Washington counties. About half of our patients are also uninsured as well. And so um, I just, I love working for them and helping uh, people out who who need this assistance. So that's what I do currently. And that's kind of how I got here. Very cool. Yeah. Cool. Reading your LinkedIn, yeah. you, a lot of what you've done is communications for yeah. nonprofits. Mm -hmm. uh, something that I've also worked in is communications for nonprofits. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I've often found is that communications people, you're kind of at the hub of what can often be the problem of the nonprofit is how they mm -hmm. define themselves. Yeah. Because they don't really know you know, especially after accumulating years of doing what they're doing and following mm -hmm. grants and all that, that, you know, you lose track of, of what you're supposed to be doing and what, mm -hmm. how you're communicating yourself and what's at the root of that. Yeah. So as you approach uh, city council, mm -hmm. what do you think is at the root of what city council is about? Like what, what do you, what do you want to see it to? Mm -hmm. What would be your approach? And you know, where, what do you think the goal of a, of Portland city council should be? Yeah. Uh, so I think the goal of Portland City Council is my campaign slogan, which is a city that works for everyone. I want to make sure that City Council is an organization, a mechanism that is, first of all, listening to our constituents. We have that opportunity now. It's very exciting. Don't have to be stuck running bureaus. Don't have to be do doing all of that, that stuff we had before, making deals to manage everything. Like, we can go ahead and actually... Be, hopefully we'll have offices there. I know they're, they're working on those soon. Be in the neighborhoods to get things going, to communicate and listen to our people. And so that's what I see city council uh, being. I want it to be transparent and real with the people who they're representing for the first time. No more of these like uh, games and all the cynicism. And like it's really about uh, for, you know, uh, Honestly, just being, I mean, I, this word's so overused, but, but, but authentic, like authentic and real with my constituents going like, this is what's happening. And I, and I want to use, you know, social media and other forms of communication to, uh, you know, like Angelita's done a great job of, of doing that with her, her campaign. Uh, so whether that's on TikTok or on, on my Instagram and reels, like I want to communicate with my constituents directly. And I want, hopefully that 
everyone in the city council will take that approach and there's no more hiding. So uh, transparency is going to be is a big campaign promise for me, a pledge for me that I, I see. And transparency starts now. Transparency starts on the campaign. I'm big on transparency and I want to see our city council be more transparent and representative. Very cool. So on your website, yeah. inclusion, evidence, empathy, accountability, uh, you talked a little bit about empathy. Evidence is, is really interesting. I read it as making data-driven decision-making. Yeah. Uh, we have a long history here in Portland of not having reliable or consistent data and bureau-to-bureau different standards. Yeah. So I'm wondering your thoughts on how do we get into that space of evidence-driven decision-making and following that through from idea to implementation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I first hope that the new um, you know city org chart is going to be a big help with that so that we, again, commissioners are not in charge of everything. We'll have one organization structure and flow, uh, hopefully from, yeah, from the bottom to all the way up to the mayor that is consistent and that these deputy administrators would be able to communicate with each other and their teams. So I, I was really impressed by the the city organizational chart i thought it was a good start things might have to change once we get hit the ground running i appreciate ted wheeler for wanting to uh, take back the departments hopefully next july and then re uh, start begin the process of, of initiating the city government so you know kudos for him on that um because that that's going to be important that by the time we get there in january that uh the city is up and running at least in this new structure so i do you know to answer your question see that that is going to be the the biggest change to hopefully see uh, more cooperation between the departments so that data is shared you know, a few days ago, the announcement of the continuation of the Joint Office of Homeless Services between Multnomah and the city. Hopefully that continues and there's going to be more communication between both the city and the county. From that point, then we can take the data that is being utilized and, and I'm going to make sure that we are reporting data to ourselves and to to the county and that take that data that's been utilized and uh, use that to make our decisions based on that. So I think we're we, with the charter reform, we've taken some big steps in the right direction to have a better run form of government that will uh, be based on evidence. And I think I think we, we can get there. I, I'm going to follow up on that real quick. Yeah. Um, so. You bring up an interesting point. So Mm -hmm. um, there's been some weirdness in the decisions of Ted Wheeler Mm -hmm. to move forward faster on accommodating uh, the new city council Mm -hmm. and a lot of pushback from the other four royals, for lack of a better term. (laughs) Um, Generally, uh, the traditional manner is that in the new fiscal year, uh, the mayor tends to take all the bureaus back and reassign mm-hmm. them out. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that he's going to do that and reparcel them in this new structure that the hopefully soon-to-be-hired city manager will do that. But he also suggested doing that now so that between now and July, they have more time to structure all of that and yeah. get things in place. And the other four commissioners are like, no, we don't like that. Mm-hmm. I preface all that to wonder what do you think you and your fellow potential incoming city council can do right now to pressure the existing city council to maybe relinquish some of their power 
so that we can get a city ready for when you guys uh, hopefully get elected? Uh, man, I, this, you know, I'm a generally hopeful person. And there are just some things that I don't think are going to happen sometimes. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know what we could do to pressure them. Honestly, I feel like that's a waste of my time and my energy. That's, <laughs> like when that's I could, a fair yeah, answer. Yeah. yeah, when I could be meeting people and getting to know, uh, you know, my constituents and uh, going from and voters and going from there. So, you know what? Uh, Ted's doing the best he can. Uh, people... Are, this is this is what I'm talking about earlier, where you're going to have to compromise. You're going to have to, uh, when things don't go according to plan, you're going to have to just make it work the best you can. And that's what Ted's doing right now. And I appreciate that um, on his part. Uh, the other commissioners have their reasons to hold back from that. I understand because I'm sure they have uh, promises they need to keep and whatnot. And they're just going to do that for the time being. And I don't, I don't want to put any more effort okay. into that than, than needed. That's so, a very fair answer. Six, six so. months is is what we got. I'm glad we have it. You know, okay. so yeah. yeah, yeah, right on. Yeah, uh, you mentioned your constituents. Yeah, um, I wanted to talk a bit about uh, District Two. Yeah, and kind of your priorities for District Two. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, it envelops the historically black neighborhoods that yep. have been underserved, to put it mildly, yes. and um, demolished in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a lot of things on the books right now, uh, ways to revitalize those communities, yeah. ways to rebuild. What is your sense of, well, District 2 of the whole, and also that that aspect of, of District 2? Yeah. So I, de- I definitely love District 2. You know, Alberta, Mississippi, you know, I love St. John's. These are, these are neighborhoods that I hang out uh, before I ever considered running for city council or, you know, uh, just just in my day-to-day life, the, you know, north and northeast Portland. Uh, you know, once I kind of realized, like, oh, this is District 2, then I'm like, yeah, I absolutely want to represent this, these communities because I, I enjoy them so much, uh, personally. Um, so when it comes to their uh, future and revitalizing them, uh, I think we're, we know... We can take a, there's a lot of steps that, that we can take. Um, I think some things that are like happening right now, first when it comes to our you know, historically black neighborhoods, I, you know, I just saw this past week that a lawsuit mm-hmm. went through uh, when it comes to the Legacy Health Center and the city suit. I think that I'm glad that's going forward. Um, those 100%. families were uh, stripped of all their wealth. I think, I think I saw in the article that those black families would control over a hundred million dollars of value right now yeah. if they still own them. And that is just a terrible injustice that was thrust upon them. And I'm so glad that that's going to go through. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the, the lawsuits, I should say, are allowed to go through and that we can be able to, uh, you make up for these injustices that were done against them. So I w- I want to see more things like that. Honestly, you know, just like please sue us is now maybe like the best <laughs> the, the best thing to say to someone for city council. <laughs> but maybe maybe we can come up with some. Uh, you know, I can continue to to look for more things, and uh, maybe we don't have to get sued, and we can go out and do this on our own. So well, if you, you, know. you rechannel all the the money that yeah. that is going out from corrupt cops, right. Uh, yeah yes there's that too yeah i wonder yeah uh that that reminds me of something like renee gonzalez said a few weeks ago and i was listening to the city council and he said the you know he just announced for mayor yay (laughs) 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 Um, and he said you know we need to take account 
of all of the damage that the protesters did to our city. Oh, God. And I just like I wanted that. to throw my like glasses at my <laughs> my <laughs> computer screen. <laughs> and and um and I like and that goes into like another reason of like why I'm running is that I'm running to make sure that progressives do win. Like you've talked about this, your your last podcast uh, that I listened to, which was episode six, um, was just great at bringing that up. You two are recapping what uh, we've been, uh, what you guys have been talking about, and it's going to be a fight between a centrist in air quotes um, yeah. and the progressives that are uh, running in the city. And right now, like. Uh, with most of the candidates in my district, we're, we're on the progressive side of things. The progressive spectrum, there's some of us who are further, some of us are a little more towards the center, but like we're at least kind of like on there, that side. But yep. the candidates that are not, that are going to be those, again, air quotes, centrist candidates, they're coming. And we got to yep. push back against them. Mm -hmm. And so that's like if my whole job for this campaign whether i get elected or not is just to sound the alarm when those people enter the race then i'm going to do that because this city does not need to go backwards it needs to go forwards it needs to be a better city for everybody yeah. i yeah. really appreciate you bringing that to my personal attention because i too would like to see all the damage that the protesters <laughs> did yeah. compared to all the damage the police did and their right. lawsuits yeah and let's compare notes Renee. Yeah. Exactly. Um, anyway, I'm sorry. That's, <laughs> uh, but but it's a great lead in into um, uh, conversations about public safety. Mm -hmm. Right. Again, going back to your website, uh, fully funding the Portland street response. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, invest in social services, community programs that help reduce crime. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, mm -hmm. Really interesting bullet too. work to rebuild trust between the community and the police. I'm really curious on what your vision on how to go about that might be yeah. yeah that that will take a very long time obviously because we're not just going to be fighting against the most recent issues that we've had this is you know historical justices that go back you know decades and decades decades, yeah. decades and decades so it will will take a lot of time we're not going to so we're not going to solve having a tighter relationship between the communities especially disenfranchised communities and the police in like four years but we can start that process first of all reform our police department make sure that their policing is up to a standard that is not discriminatory honestly just involves basic human decency as they're going out there and with the history of foreign police that's just not where we're at right now and that's gonna we're gonna probably need to start there and then at that point we can definitely see that maybe these cops could be trustworthy and then they can start building relationships with the community um, so it's going to take time. If it takes a decade, that would be real fast, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, 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 I think, yeah, and, and we could go into that. But yeah, uh, we're going to need to work on you know, better oversight, too. Mm -hmm. um, we, we obviously saw the, that vote that changed a lot to what the voters wanted, and that needs to be uh, completely repealed and brought back to what the voters passed. So uh, we will go ahead and work on this and it's going to be a long long process that i'm i'm willing to sit down with our police willing to sit down with community members talk to them understand what the, the issues are because again i'm this is this is who i am i'm here to listen i'm here to uh empathize with everyone in the situation and um recognize that there's a, a role for law enforcement they have a, a, an important job 
they just the job needs to be done in a way that respects everyone and shows that you know shows dignity and decency to all those involved that's a good answer there there's definitely it's things that i've been involved in myself i like your answer about if radical changes have been made from what the portland population Mm -hmm. and and a team of dedicated people Mm -hmm. like candace avalos worked on for almost three years, was passed, recommendations were made, they were greatly nerfed, and for those that don't game, nerfed means made uh, not nearly (laughs) as impactful, that there is this opportunity for the incoming city council to say, yeah, the previous council, we don't like the decisions they made, let's redo something. Mm -hmm. Like you said, repeal or rethink. One of the things we've talked about on this podcast is the potential for slates of uh, candidates that are looking to work together, that have alignment, that can support each other, not only through the campaign, but those who do get elected uh, moving forward as an agenda, common agenda to move forward. And love your thoughts on the slate approach to the election and common ground and community uh, once elected. Yeah. So whenever I've I've brought up slates, talking to other candidates, just to get a feel of, of where we're all at, we're all kind of in the same place of like, it's maybe it's a little too soon. Uh, to be talking about this, let's just see how things shape out. A lot, there's also a lot of this feeling of like, let's just see how things shape out or shape up in, in, the, in the election. And I, I agree and disagree with that approach right now. At least, like, there's some parts of it where, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at some things, you know, knowing that, like, okay, I, I, maybe we won't talk about this right now or, or whatnot. But, you know, again, Renee just announced for mayor. Uh, people are making decisions uh, across the, the county and the, the city already. I think it's go time. Like, I think it's just time to, to get get things going and get, get our campaigns rolling and see who we like, see who we want to uh, partner with and go from there. Um, I would love to... Ha- I mean, I think there'll be multiple slates throughout the, this race. I would love to, you know, form some type of coalition and slate across the entire city um with hopefully a a mayoral candidate in that slate as well um and just see how it goes and i think if there's uh anything that i would want the slate that i'm on to be about is obviously stopping any um conservatives or centrists from getting into office that'd be our number one goal and so I'm happy to uh, join a slate that has uh, that, sh- that we share a lot of the same goals and same opinions. I've met, you know, probably now a dozen candidates, if not more. Um, some of them in my district, some of them, you know, across the city. Um, a lot of us just have the same ideas, and we definitely all identify the same problems. Um, that's really easy right now. I think we can all do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and we can all share ideas and share our, our solutions. Um but of course, none of them, we, we don't know if it's going to work or not until we get in there and get the boots on the ground and get, get going. And so that's what, I, and that's just kind of who I am. I don't want to make lofty promises to our mm-hmm. voters and say, yeah, I'm solving everything. I got the perfect plan. Here we go in place. Day one, I'll have, tw- I'll have 11 other like-minded people that are going to initiate all of those, <laughs> those ideas. Like that's just not reality. And, and we all know that's not reality of most of us. Um, 
you know, there are those disengaged voters out there that would like to see just quick, you know, a solution to everything. And I just hope to, uh, in my campaign, uh, help people recognize, like, it's going to take some time to solve these issues. We're looking at, you know, if I'm elected, I would have four years in office and I would have fortunately that much time to try to work on these problems. But we're looking at problems that are a minimum most of them are like 10 years to solve probably but if you want a better city in 10 years vote for <laughs> vote for my people vote for me and vote for the people on my slate and we'll, we'll work to get that done you know and that's that, that's something that we could actually do so great yeah one thing that's part of the big picture that mm. that um, is not listed among your issues and you know mm. it's not front of mind for yeah. most for people on this side but it is part of what city council is invested in mm. is jobs and the yeah. economy and while that's not necessarily and hopefully not bowing to what big business tells you because mm. i think yeah. too many cities uh give away yeah. too much to lure yeah. in big mm -hmm. employers yeah. uh, and we are a city that has some big employers that yeah. that have some control over things yeah. um, have you given any thought into what your position would be in terms of spurring the economy on uh where, where to make investments yeah, I, I think for for me, uh, when it comes to spurring the economy and working on you know, a city that is beneficial for, for everyone, I've really been focused on the everyday Portlander. I ha I've you know, not given much thought because in my opinion, like big business is going to do what they're going to do. And I will push back against them if they're doing something that I think is uh, unjust or unethical or unfair, unfair practice in our city. Um, so that's that's what I'm here for. I see government as a as a counterpoint to business and uh, to put them in check if they're they're coming out of line. Um, that's just that's just who I am. That's just what I see. So I want to do things in our city that's going to make the everyday Portlander have a better experience be able to pay rent and get to their job on time i've looked into some, doing some urban trails throughout the city um there's some good plans for that if you want to look them up a shout out to bike portland uh, sorry bike loud that has some of that on their website if you want to check it out that i would just love to see a, a pedestrian and bike pathways that connect across the city and that's going to make it safer for uh, our working class people to get to their jobs by bike or or by walking and hopefully you know we could i know trimet is working on increasing bus routes and things like that to underserved areas and i appreciate that um they are unfortunately things like things take time like i was just at a meeting about the rose quarter freeway expansion mm -hmm. and they were just like it takes about a year for us to order a bus and I'm like, okay, well, you know, this is, these are just the reality of the situation that we have to deal with, you know? Yeah. Um, so, you know, good on TriMet for, for some things that I, I really do appreciate them. Again, expanded access to underserved areas. Um, I think that's great. Um, and so I want the economy to work for everyone in the city. And I, I am personally focused on how do we make this a better city for the, the working class and for those to be able to get to their jobs, being able to get to grocery stores that have good food, that's uh, you know, affordable, some, some of the food deserts that we have. Those need to be solved. I know Brandon Johnson in Chicago is trying to get some city-run grocery stores going out there. Mm. I would love to look into that and see how that goes. Because, um, again, I want this city to be a place that everyone can thrive in, in every way. And that's the we use city government to do that. Great points. Food security is a near and dear to my heart. Um, stuff that I've worked on, food deserts being 
a big deal and also not something I've heard oft mentioned. So I'm, I'm yeah. glad you're thinking about it. Uh, I, I know you testified, I think it was an ODOT meeting? Yeah, so it was, the, the the name of the committee is super long, but essentially they're like the joint subcommittee on, I, I couldn't even say it, like even, the, <laughs> even uh, Senator Fredrickson couldn't say the full name correctly <laughs> the first time. So notes in the description or something right. maybe a link to what what that was it's, called it's on your instagram it's on my instagram right. if you right. want to see my testimony there yeah and they're talking about the uh, rose uh the rose quarter freeway expansion and i just don't want any more freeways expanded mm. that's the price tag for it is 1.9 billion dollars um that's a crazy amount of money to put towards uh, more congestion, essentially, in the city. And like I said uh, in my testimony, that if m- more freeways meant less congestion, Los Angeles would have the best freeway system in the world, right? And there's <laughs> like, laughter in the room. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. No, yeah. Yeah. So, like, we know that that's not a solution. And that's not a solution for those Portlanders that don't have cars that ha- and that are dependent upon public transportation. And, like, and also, like, I want to see a city that has more walking and more biking because that's a healthier community like amsterdam has a a dollar amount that they save per mile biked or maybe it's kilometer biked i'm not sure <laughs> probably, <laughs> probably kilometer <laughs> but they have a dollar amount they have saved because the wear and tear on the streets is less they have uh, people are healthier you know there's there's things that that uh, you know that a better uh a less car centric city would uh, bring benefits to all Portlanders. And also Amsterdam is the number one uh, city for drivers in Europe. Mm -hmm. Like why? Because they have amazing uh, public transportation facilities, amazing walkways, ways, uh, bikeways, and that makes driving easier. And so um, we are a very car centric city right now. Um, I'd like to see us really shift over the next, hopefully, decade or so to being a city that is more walkable, more bikeable, and that was going to improve everyone's lives. You know, a, a lot of the challenge I think we have is that we we have the state ODOT piece of things. Mm-hmm. We have Multnomah County mm-hmm. owning a, a bunch of the piece. Metro's involved. Mm-hmm. Portland city government is part of it. And as we've seen, they don't generally, if ever work very harmoniously. Um, So the ability for somebody who's further out Mm -hmm. to be able to not own a car, Mm -hmm. get to work, do grocery shopping, get to medical appointment, get downtown to testify at a city council hearing where they get three minutes mm-hmm. uh, in the middle of an average workday. Yeah. Um, all of those are, are, are huge problems. Yeah. So thinking about, um, uh, it was interesting seeing you at, at you know, your um, uh, uh, giving testimony and, and uh, uh, the fact that you are talking about bike loud and bike mm-hmm. Portland mm-hmm. and other folks. Um, how do you, uh, this might be a premature question until you're actually sitting in the seat. <laughs> yeah. But how do you see yourself working, um, advocating, partnering mm-hmm. with the other government organizations that generally haven't had great relationships with the city of Portland yeah. to solve some of these problems in, in a 
thoughtful, equitable, and and once again transparent, accountable way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I'll give my the be, I'll answer this question the best that I can because I'm obviously not there right now. But I think it goes back to uh, kind of where we've started this podcast of just. Uh, you're going to need the right person there who's willing to have those conversations to, to talk to those people. Like, and obviously what, what's been happening, we were just talking about it is a lack of communication, a lack of, of cooperation because either um, everyone has their own agenda or they have a pet project or something like that, or they, they want to be the hero of the city. You know, obviously uh, ODOT's controlled by the state. So there's other representatives and districts that want those resources and need those resources, you know, and I'm sure a good amount of it's like, well, Portland's got enough money, you know, it's going to go somewhere else, you know, like, let's, let's fight for uh, more money from ODOT. So obviously it comes down to, um, I think what going back to the beginning is just, we just need to do our best as city council uh, members to coordinate and cooperate with state government and county government and, and Metro um, and hopefully now that these people aren't, you know, commissioners are not in charge of bureaus that mm-hmm. we can take the time to do that, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I think that's, I like, I really, as soon as I read the, the charter reform on the ballot, I'm like, why have we been doing this? Why? Like, this is, this is the craziest thing that I've ever right. heard. And it's been going on for like a hundred years. And it just, and then I was like, okay, well, this new idea is great. Yes. And I'm excited. And then next thing I know, I'm like, maybe I should run and, and we're here. So, and here we are. So, yeah. Well, Christopher Olson, thank yeah. you for coming to join yeah, us, no uh, running in District 2. Before you go, tell our folks listening, and yeah. please let's get more folks listening. Yeah, definitely. Uh, how to find out about you and your campaign. Yeah, so uh, you can look up my campaign uh, online at uh, website is olsonforpdx.com. It's O L S O N, olsonforpdx.com. Uh, same thing, olsonforpdx across uh, Twitter, X, I guess now, Instagram, Facebook. You can find me there. And then, you know, obviously, I'm still looking to get my 250 donors from across the city of Portland to get those matching donations for the small donor elections fund. So feel free to donate to my campaign if any of these ideas resonated with you at all and you'd like to see some uh, people that are transparent and accountable and that I want to do the will of the people uh, in Portland. So that's what I'm here for. Great. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Appreciate your time. Yeah, no problem. Thanks. Thank you for listening. This has been the Progress Portland podcast. Our theme music is The Acrobats by the Portland band Helvetia. 